Hey, thanks for listening to the podcast today. I hope you enjoy it. But first, I want to ask you a question. Are you someone who has high upside potential in your business and yet sometimes that goal is just hard to get to and maybe the only way you've seen to get to it is just to make more calls, you know, work harder? Well, if you're fed up with using old strategies to solve new problems, then I might have a solution. It's my five-day million-dollar seller challenge. We meet one hour a day in a coaching intensive where I will teach you five moves that you can make to scale your results without working harder. To learn more, click the link in the show notes or go to milliondollarsellerchallenge.com. In today's episode, we're going to talk about you, not me, but you. Hey everybody, Bill Kasky back at the podcast. Welcome back. Had a lot of good emails over the last couple of weeks about some of the topics that we've been covering. We talked about discounting a little bit. We talked about project management. We've had uh, some really good episodes and I'm getting some good feedback. If you have not yet gone and rated this podcast, I would love it if you did. Go to iTunes, leave a review. I say rated, I mean review. I would love to see it. Good, bad, or indifferent. It's always helpful for our reach. The more people who leave reviews, better for us, better for you, better for us all. You know, as I work with uh, people, whether it's corporate accounts that I have, corporate clients where I go in and work with a team for a period of time, six months to a year or longer, or whether it's people in one of my small group coaching advisory groups, uh, High Achievement and 2X and some of those, I'm always interested in the amount of personal agency that we all have. In other words, how much of our life is really our creation? Not our managers, not our spouses, not our parents, but ours. How much of our destiny is created by us? And a lot of times I will make recommendations to people on what to do, how to think, what kind of tactics to take. And I get sometimes this notion that, well, I'm, I'm not up to that. I can't do that. I can't do that in the current situation I'm in. Now, some of that is legit. I mean, if you work for Microsoft and somebody says, hey, you ought to go start a blog on how great Microsoft is, Microsoft probably going to say, wait a minute, we've already got 17,000 blogs. Do we really need another one? Of course. But a lot of times it has to do with something much more subtle, and that is your personal brand, how you build that. It has to do with how you interact with people. It has to do with how you reach out to prospects and your attitude and your mindset when you do so. And so I want to talk a little bit today about the hand we were dealt I think that when we are born, we are dealt a hand, and some of those hands were default. In other words, we had no choice in them. Height, skin color, the parents we were born into, where we were born, who our relatives are. We don't have any choice in that as toddlers, as brand newborns. We don't. So we're dealt a handful of givens, things that we just have no decisions over, and nor do our parents, really. Then some of those things were decisions made by others. Where we go to school, whether it's elementary, junior high, middle school, high school, college, who our friends are, uh, our financial wherewithal of our family, some of our living conditions that we're brought up in. Now, those are decisions that others around us have made, but we pay the price, the good price. We reap the benefits of that or we pay the cost of that. As we get older, These decisions are not made for us. They are made by us. Where we go to college, what we study, what we want to do with our lives, 
Now, the truth is that that often what we want to do with our lives is sometimes shaped and informed by what our parents want us to do. Like if you come from a long line of attorneys in your family, there is sort of a subtle pressure to be an attorney also. I understand that. Not always. In fact, sometimes it happens, sometimes it doesn't. But even though these decisions, although they are ours, they have been shaped. And a lot of times they're shaped by our beliefs, the limiting beliefs that we have, or the beliefs that other people have instilled or installed in us, parents, for example. An example in my world is my dad grew up during the Depression. I lost my dad about 15 years ago. He was 98 years old. He was like a month shy of 98. And he always, because the Depression came about when he was a young man, he was shaped by the Depression, by never having enough money, never having the right clothes. And so a lot of his life was built around those beliefs about how money is either free and easy to get or very difficult to get. And so he shaped that and he shaped me. He didn't do it on purpose. He didn't sit back when they had me and say, okay, I'm going to teach I'm going to teach my son, William Bryan, everything I know about the Depression and lack and scarcity. Of course not. But he knew what he knew, and so he shaped me that way. And so a lot of my life has been kind of unhinging from that. And I've recognized that I've got limiting beliefs. And I've got limiting beliefs about what's possible for me, about the money I earn. I, I earn very good money. I'm grateful. I'm blessed. But I also know there's a cap. There's a cap. It's sort of a built-in, unseen cap on my income partly based on him. And I'm not blaming him, and we shouldn't blame our parents. They did the best they could. But our life mission should be to take the hand that we were dealt and make the most of it. Regardless of all of these default characteristics like skin color and height and where you were born, regardless of all the decisions that other people made for you and who who shaped your beliefs, it doesn't matter. It's up to us. That's where I get back to personal agency. So how do we take control of our future? How do we take control of that agency that we have living in a world that is democratized and we have the ability to do pretty much anything we want? It's legal. Uh, The question is, how do we get there? You know, I think first off, we have to come to terms with who we are and who we want to be. I I asked this question a lot. I had a call the other day from one of my clients in my High Achievers program, and we were working on his story. And, you know, we've talked on the podcast a lot about the story you tell the prospect. How do you bring your personal story to bear in the sales process? What's the right amount? What's off limits? What's on limits? But a lot of times when I work with clients like this gentleman, we really have to start with, well, let's forget about the resume story. Let's talk about who you are. Who is underneath the skin? What what does your soul say about why you do what you do? Sometimes when we're crafting the story, we go immediately to the resume. I did this, and then I went to school, and then I did this, and then I did this, and that's my story. Well, that's not your story. That's your resume. Your story is much, much deeper than that, and it's hard to craft a story if you haven't started with who you are. The second part of that, 1B, is who do you want to be? And I don't mean like Michael Jordan or LeBron James or, uh, you know, a a political leader. I'm reluctant to say any political leader today for fear of whiplash or backlash, I mean, whiplash and backlash. But who do you want to be as yourself? When you look out three or four or five years, 10 years out, who do you want Bill Caskey to be? 
Who do you want yourself to be? I think that's really important. And it's hard to know who we want to be if we're not first comfortable and have come to terms with who we are right now. Number two, we dream about what life could look like. We use our imagination to assemble a vision for ourselves. This is very hard to do. In in our programs, we talk about constructing the map. And the map is very simply the idea of where are we now? Where do we want to be? What's our ideal business vision? Or you could do life vision too, but in my world is business vision. And what are the steps to get there? That's constructing the map. And we've got to understand that we have a great deal of say about what we want life to look like. What is our business vision? I think it's important to dream a little bit and document that. Number three, we study our craft. If we're going to take the hand we're dealt and make the most of it, we must study our craft. We must make changes to our attitudes and to our tactics. If your craft is professional selling, if it's professional sales leadership, if you're a CEO, an entrepreneur, whatever your craft is, are you studying it? In the sales profession, I want you to study human nature. I want you to understand the buyer's brain. I want you to understand what people are really looking for. How do you show up in the buyer-seller dance in a way that compels the prospect to be interested in what you have? And I think there's a lot of really misguided tactics out there about that. So one element of getting you to make the most of the hand you're dealt is to study. Study your craft. Number four, we study ourselves. We are constantly looking at our own beliefs where they can be changed to get closer to our vision. Where are our beliefs limiting? I just took another call from a client who's been uh, with me for about two months. He and uh, his sales team of 12, 15 people, 14 people. And we were talking about the transformation he's already seen in a couple of his people. He says, look, Bill, these people just carry themselves differently because we work on mindset first. That's really the first place to look is what are our beliefs? Where are they limiting? And how do we alter those beliefs and embrace new beliefs so that we can show up differently in the marketplace? We don't show up as beggars and as convincers and as persuaders. We show up as problem finders and problem solvers. And he said the two people that he had in mind, I won't name them, he said they've totally changed the buyer-seller relationship. And one guy is actually leading the company in sales. It's about a 30, 45-day close rate cycle time. So just in the two or three months that we've been working together, he has seen a couple of these people really grow. And he says it's because of the belief change. That's really what it's all about. We haven't really even gotten into tactics yet. It's really about mindset. Number five, we make plans. And we make contingency plans. And we remake our plans based on how we have changed. I do an exercise every year called the one-year business plan. Very simple. Probably many of you have either done it with me or done it in other places. And it's really a time, I think you can do them any time of the year, but I think you need to revisit that every 90 days, six months, definitely every year, and say, okay, in the next 12 months, what do I want? Because I bet you it's different today than it was 12 months ago. It's always different. We're always changing. We're always modifying our vision. We're always saying, well, I got that accomplished. What's the next bridge I want to I want to crawl across? What's the next mountain I want to climb? So we make plans, but we always have remake of plans, and that's totally okay. And number six, I know there's more than just these six. I'm, I'm not uh, naive to think these are the only ones, but these are the ones that I feel are really vital, is we surround ourselves with people who are on a similar path. 
We build our network, not just our network of business associates and people who can refer us and people whom we can refer, but your personal growth network. This is one of the byproducts of having a small group that you report to and you become accountable to and you get new ideas from is these people are unconditionally supportive of you. As you look around in your world today, do you have a group of people who are unconditionally supportive of you? And I'm not talking about your spouse here, your family, your parents. I want you to get out of your own family. Of course, they're supportive of you. But who do you sit around uh, smoking a cigar with or having a drink with or having lunch with on a periodic basis where you talk about the existential concepts of life and purpose and motivation and not just reporting, hey, I made 17 calls last week. Not that. I mean, that's okay, too. That's accountability as well. But I'm more interested in who do you have around you who is supporting you, unconditionally support. That's a big That's a big question. Finally, at some point, we wake up one day and we ask, is this where I want to be? Or am I on the way to where I want to be? And if the answer is no to either of those questions, then a lot of times we begin to seek and to search. And sometimes we even lose confidence on that search. We look at others around us who appear to have the ideal life and we begin to compare ourselves to them, which is always dangerous, but we do it. It's just human nature. And also sometimes we lock into limiting beliefs. Well, John is doing a million dollars a year, but there's no way I could do that because my company has a cap on income or whatever the reason is. We start, it's called cognitive dissonance. We see something that is out of sync with what we believe and so we immediately discount it and our ability to get there. Cognitive dissonance is probably one of the biggest hamperers of success. It's because we immediately discount things that don't fit with our belief system. And a lot of times those things are exactly what we need to believe. In fact, I would even say that whenever you find yourself discounting something because you say, well, that's not going to work in my business, it's probably the exact thing that you need to do and to work on. So I give you these uh, six things here, and I wanted to, uh, this is not meant to be a lecture. I really do want to help you develop more personal agency more personal responsibility for your future. A lot of times I hear people, they come to me and say, I'm in a business right now, I'm in a good position, I'm the top salesperson or in the top five, but it's just not what I want. I want more, I want different, I want adventure, I want something different from my business life. And I always believe that it's best not to go somewhere else, but to take what you have, the assets that you have, and say, okay, how can I repackage my assets in this business with this company, or if you have your own company, how do I add a little adventure to my own life? How do I change the way I look at the world or my company or my value? How do I really alter that so that I can use the talent and wisdom that I've gained over the past five to 10 years and just do something else with it? It's a repackaging of the wisdom. So I hope that helps you. I want you to uh, think about that. Play this back again if you like it. Again, my goal is to help you, is to help you through some of these things because I know post-2020, post-pandemic, a lot of people out there, Wall Street Journal just had an article that said there's a lot of chaos in the market, and there is. I see it every day. So you've got to go back inside yourself and ask yourself the question, is this where I want to be or am I on the way to where I want to be? See you next time.